All right, welcome back to Pitt Sports Podcast. This is our first podcast of the new school year. My name is Brian Sherry, and I'm here with Jermaine. How are you guys doing? And today we'll be doing a recap of the football season so far. First, we'll be talking about how the Panthers have fared and some players to look out for. Then we'll be talking about the rest of college football landscape, including potential title contenders and Heisman candidates. So I'm going to start things off uh, with a discussion about the, how the Panthers have done so far. Um, the Panthers' first game was, of course, against West Virginia in the backyard brawl, which was absolutely electric. The Panthers won 38-31. to 31. Um, The game included a lot of back-and-forth scoring. And, of course, uh, it ended with a pick six from MJ Devonshire to seal the game in favor of the Panthers. The next week, uh, the Panthers didn't fare too well. They lost to now-ranked number eight, uh, Tennessee, in overtime, 34-27, to 34 to 27, rather. Um, and the Panthers really started out this game well. Um, Keaton Slovis had a really good, couple of good passes, including one to uh, tight end Gavin Bartholomew for the, I believe it was like an 84-yard touchdown or 64-yard touchdown, rather. Um, but unfortunately, Keaton Slovis uh, got hurt at the end of the first half, and Nick Patty was put in to replace him. Um, he also hurt his ankle, and the Panthers just could not get the job done um, probably a game they should have won ultimately, but unfortunately they fell. Then the Panthers continued on to Western Michigan. Um, they won that one, avenging last year's loss. They won 34 to 13. And then uh, last week they played Rhode Island, um, an FCS opponent, which they handily beat 45 to uh, 24. All right, so now I want to turn to Jermaine. Um, what what uh what players do you like this season? So. Uh, Pitt, as we know, last year with uh, Heisman candidate Kenny Pickett and Blitnikoff winner Jordan Addison, we were a pass-eccentric offense. Um, that's completely switched this year. Offensive coordinator Mark Whipple uh, left to go to Nebraska, and uh, new offensive coordinator Frank Signetti Jr. has taken over, and he's definitely established a run. Um, junior Israel Abanakanda has rushed all over teams this year despite only rushing 15 yards in his first game at West Virginia. He has 479 on the season, which is first in the ACC and sixth in the nation, um, along with six touchdowns in the season already. And that's just on the ground. In the in the air, he's caught for another 59 yards and a touchdown. So he's been a playmaker for our offense to start the season. And our offense has been got, gotten off to kind of a slow start in the air. Um, we can attribute that to injuries, uh, as Keaton Slovis went down in the Tennessee game, and then and then Nick Patty came in, but Nick Patty also got injured. Um, freshman Nate Yarnell took over in the Western Michigan game, and thankfully we were able to get that one. But um, yeah, I think the passing game just the more chemistry we get down the line with the receivers, we'll be able to get them going. Right now, our leading receiver is Jerry Wayne with 265 yards and a touchdown. But I believe that later, as the season goes and we get into ACC play that we'll be able to get it going. Defensively, our playmakers have showed up for us. As a unit, we're giving up a lot of big plays and we're giving up a lot more points than we would want to. Um, so I think as a unit, we can get a little better. But as far as individual plays, Savasia Dennis is having an amazing season. Um, got t- 24 tackles already, which leads the pit team. He also has three sacks, which leads the pit team. Um, a pass breakup. He's all over the field and without him, I don't know. I, I think he's I think he's the captain of the front seven, definitely. And then in the defensive backs, 
we had MJ MJ Devonshire been our number one playmaker for the season. Uh, he has an interception return for a touchdown and a punt return for a touchdown. That hasn't been done since 2006 when Hall of Famer Darrell Rivas did it. So definitely nice to have another playmaker like him on the team. But also don't sleep on Eric Hallett, who has two interceptions on the season, and Marquise Williams. Uh, definitely sometimes when he gets beat, but when you're guarding the best receiver on the other team every week, you have some leeway. Our special teams unit has been a little suspect to start the season. I think that comes with, um, I won't say youth, but with age. These both Ben Sauce and our punter have taken over, they've taken over um, just their first season punting and kicking. So we've had some misses, we have some bad punts, but as the season comes along, they're getting to get, getting it together slowly. Um, next, this week, Saturday night, 8 p.m. at Hines, take on Georgia Tech for our first ACC contest. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that we can answer some of the questions we have in the early season and start to put everything together. Yeah, and just to share my thoughts here, um, I think offensively, the offensive unit uh, does leave a lot to be desired. Um, definitely not the group that we had last year. I think our receivers are – the top two receivers, uh, Wayne and Mumfield, have been lights out. Unfortunately, Wayne's injured right now. But I, I think the depth at the receiving group has been a little bit lackluster. And I think a few players like um, uh, Bub Means, um, those types of players do really need to step up and take some of the weight off of uh, Mumfield and Wayne. Um, of course, Slovis hasn't been the player we thought he was going to be. Um, I think a lot of that has to do, though, with uh, the new offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, he's yeah. a lot more conservative than Mark Whipple was last year. Mark Whipple was very – he loved to just throw downfield to Jordan Addison or Wayne even. And uh, it's definitely a change of pace from what the Panthers have had the last few seasons. And definitely – that's my only gripe on the season so far is that, yeah, Pitt fans were spoiled last year when you have two of the best players in the nation on your team. But we have an amazing group in my opinion. I think Kanata uh, Mumfield is having a good season like – with the lack of targets and Jerry Wayne, despite injury, he still have, he's still putting up the same performance he put up last year. And when you have backs out the backfield, like Israel Banikan and Riley Hammond, you know, like we have a lot of weapons. I just, I hope Frank coach, uh, coach Signetti gives Slovis more leeway in the passing game. Yeah. And the defense has been lights out. I mean, they've been great. Um, I think in the West Virginia game, they kind of – they had their trouble stopping the run. I know West Virginia's running back had well over 100 yards against us. Yeah. But um, in the Tennessee game and then Western Michigan, they performed really, really well, especially in that Western Michigan game. They, they played a really nice game. Yeah, the defensive problem is not that it's a bad unit or anything by far. It's just that sometimes um, we give up huge – first plays that just ruined the momentum. Like, for instance, in the game last week, we let up a net of 63 yards on the ground. One of their running backs ran for a 63-yard touchdown in the first quarter. So you take away that run, there was a net of zero yards for the day for the defense. So, you, you know, you, you get what I'm saying, uh, Brian? I just feel like we give up burst plays. and Yeah, I, I do I agree. You got to uh, contain those, especially when, as we get an ACC play, these teams are going to be more talented. Like, I think that almost took away our chances in that backyard brawl. 
Um, mm-hmm. in the last play of the game, uh, that throw from JT Daniels, that was a close one. That was a that would have been a 40 yard touchdown, uh, which would have sealed West Virginia winning the backyard brawl. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think the big plays need to uh, they do need to work on preventing those. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, Saturday against Georgia Tech. Um, they just recently fired their coach and their athletic director, so maybe that'll light a fire into their players. But I think there's a lot of turnover going on in that uh, organization, that school right now. So I think we should be able to win this game. But I think we had. I think. This game needs to be a statement game. Um, as we saw last week, Pitt, Pitt won their game against Rhode Island. And despite all the upsets in college football last week, we didn't move up in the rankings. So I personally don't think the committee or the, the committee or anyone thinks highly of this team. I think that's sad when you look at all the playmakers we have. So I wanted to come out and have a statement game this Saturday. Yeah, and I think, I think the rest of the season um... – Pitt, Pitt has a amazing chance to win out the rest of their games. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest game is against probably Miami or uh, Syracuse. But Miami just lost to Middle Tennessee, an unranked group of five school. So I, I don't think they, talent-wise, are up to Pitt's level. And I think the rest of these games, Pitt really controls their own destiny here going in to try to uh, – make another ACC championship and potential New Year's Six bowl game. So yeah. it's all for them. You, you, you can never count out teams like Virginia Tech and North Carolina. The ACC is, to me, I believe the ACC is always one of the most underrated conferences as far as pure talent. But those teams are going to have a lot of talent on, those, on their uh, squads. But I think if we play how we can play, if we play pit football, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, and now I want to move on and just talk about the entire college football landscape. Um, first up, I want to I want to talk about one team who in the past has definitely been um, kind of a meme worthy team. They've been just terrible for the last how many years. But this year, I, I, I really like watching this team and it's really fun to watch. And that's the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, they're. Uh. They are technically the 26th team in the country. They received uh, well over 100 votes to be ranked for the first time since, I believe, 2007. Um, and they are led by quarterback Jalen Daniels, who's uh, a potential Heisman candidate. He's been incredible this season. Um, so I definitely want to look out. I, I really – I'm kind of rooting for them in a way because they're, they're always the perennial underdog in the Big 12. And I think the Big 12 is wide open this year. Um, Oklahoma just lost. Texas is they're Texas. They don't they usually <laughs> fall apart by the end of the season. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I want Kansas to win the Big 12. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah, that would be really fun. I think I think um I think Big 12 still has Oklahoma State, which is always going to be a fork in the road. But I like what I like as you said, they're Kansas is coming to play this year. And if you have a Heisman candidate on your team, as you saw with Pitt last year. The sky's the limit, so I'm definitely high on Kansas as well. Jermaine, who do you uh, who do you like to win the Heisman this year? Who oh, I personally, I think that I think at the moment we're gonna see uh, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young stay at the top, but I think the committee. There's one thing about the Heisman football committee that I've at least recently that 
we don't they don't really like repeat repeat winners. Um, so I'm thinking that you see the success of USC right now. They're four and zero, and the Pac-12 is not as not that competitive. I think the numbers that Caleb Williams is going to put up will boost him in the Heisman race. And USC is one of the most historic college football teams in the in the country. So it kind of yeah. goes hand in hand. Success at a big school, success at a historic school. I think he. I think he wins the Heisman. How about you? Um, I, I think there's a lot of guys. Um, Hendon Hooker from uh, Tennessee is one guy that stands out. Um, Tennessee hasn't had a uh, Heisman since uh, I don't even remember when. Um, so and they they're number eight in the country right now. They beat the beat Pitt. Um, yeah. They have a really tough SEC schedule coming up. They play both Alabama and Georgia this season. So if he if he can perform in both of those games, I think. Uh, he definitely has a shot to be in New York for the Heisman ceremony at the very least. Yeah. Um, Tennessee travels this week to play LSU in Death Valley. I think that's like, that's a big game for the Hannah Hooker Heisman watch. If he performs in that game in a hostile environment, I think he puts the country on notice. Yeah. But also, we, as for, in terms of Heisman candidates, we can't um, disregard Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, um, Clemson quarterback DJ. This, this might be controversial to some, but DJ Ugalele, um, he he's, he led the Clemson Tigers to four and He had a pretty bad year last year. He's rebounding a little bit this year, but you can never count him out. And like I said, the big two, uh, CJ Stroud and um, Bryce Young, those are probably going to be number one and number two in the NFL draft next next April, those guys are really good. So yeah, the, yeah. Heisman race, the Heisman race is wide open. It's one of the most wide open I've seen. Uh, last year was pretty wide open too, but I think this one is anybody's I mean, ballgame. Um, I have another candidate, and uh, I might get some angry emails about this one, but, um, well, wide receivers uh, historically have not won many Heismans. Um, you saw uh, – Smith from Alabama won it a few years ago. And I think this year, uh, the wide receiver to watch is former Pitt wide receiver Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. (laughs) Yes. He has been lights out for uh, USC this season. He has 337 yards, six touchdowns. Um, He had the game winner last week against Oregon State. And he's, I think he already clinched another Blitnikoff trophy. He's definitely going to be the first overall uh, wide receiver taken. He might be a little undersized for the NFL, but he is just uh, the amount of separation he gets on every single play is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I think he Agreed. could be a potential candidate in New York City. As much as I hate to say it, yes, it, it hurts. It hurts in my heart. He's having this much success uh, away from Pitt, but I think he had an amazing connection last year with Kenny Pickett. And you saw Kenny Pickett was in the Heisman race. Um, this year, he's had an amazing uh, connection with his DMV, um, as I say, uh, fellow DMV teammate Caleb Williams. Um, their like their lights up to start the season. Caleb Williams has a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Six of the touchdowns have gone to Addison. I mean, he's definitely their number one receiver and. I think he makes his quarterback better. I think his ability to get open, not only underneath, but over top, 
at his size and his, he's not the fastest receiver ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just he just um a jack of all trades. Pitt definitely misses him. So I like that but as of as a former Panther, once a Panther, always a Panther. I'm rooting for his success. No, I agree. I agree. As long as um when is he in, when he's in the NFL and they're uh, doing the introductions and he says he at least includes Pitt when he's talking yeah. about college. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all I'm asking for. Uh, so, Jermaine, um, I want to move on uh, real quick. Uh, who do you like to win the national championship this year? So, I actually have a, I have a dark horse. So, I think we see Alabama and Georgia. They're going to run into each other again. And likely, if they, if they both win up, they're likely going to play each other play each other in the ACC championship. And then, as we saw last year, they'll both make the um, the conference title. And then you have Ohio State, who's there. And as of now, they're number one in the – they're number one in the Big Ten. But I think we see a sleeper team this year. I think either Clemson or USC gets in and at least makes the, um, the college football final, the national championship game. I think when you – when you're Alabama – and this week they have to go on the road against Arkansas and you have a almost inevitable bout against Georgia coming up. And then you have the first round playoff matchup. There's just so much you like, there's so much talent you're going against and eventually you're going to run into a brick wall. And I feel the same for Georgia, Ohio state. They, they, they're number three in the nation right now. And their rival, the team up North Michigan is number four. So these teams are going to run into each other. I think Clemson, uh, they have a lot of competition in the ACC too, but it's definitely a step back from what the SEC has. I think the Pac-12 is USC's easily. So those are the two teams I think will sneak into the playoff, and I think they'll be able to, you know, make make something happen. How yeah. about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, Alabama and Georgia are their giants in this in the sport. Um, but I do think they're beatable this season. Uh, Texas very nearly beat Alabama. Um, without that that uh, play from Bryce Young, I think that game would have gone very, very differently. Um, yeah. Georgia was absolutely atrocious against uh, Kent State. Um, they were neck and neck for most of the uh, first half and even into some of the second half. Um, so I think both of those teams are beatable. And I really, I really want to see. Um, I don't want it to be two SEC teams in again. Obviously, they're going to get one team in. They do every year. Um, but if we get a team from like the ACC that's not Clemson or the Pac-12 or the Big 12, obviously Big Ten will probably get one team, either Ohio State or Michigan, in. Um, but I'd be fine with a with an NC State getting in or an Oklahoma State or Baylor or USC. One of those teams, I think, would just make it make the playoff a lot more interesting. Agreed. I mean, you look at the top four teams, and then I think this says more about the voters in general. But you look at the top four teams in the in the nation right now, according to AP, uh, SEC, SEC, Big Ten, Big Ten, and then the fifth is Clemson. These are five like blue bloods in college football. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I would like to see some new. That's why it would be it would kind of be refreshing to see USC in the fold again. It would be refreshing to see Oklahoma State get a shot. Uh, maybe even Penn State getting a shot. I just – I don't want to keep seeing Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State in the playoff every year. It kind of gets old after a while. You know, dominance – I love dominance in football because it shows 
like, it's hard to be dominant in a sport like this, but yeah. I'm tired of Alabama being the the number two or number one team in the nation all year. I kind of I kind of disagree with that. Uh, Penn State one. I have a lot of friends yeah. for Penn State, and I think I would be getting a lot of uh, a lot of jokes my Snapchat, and I, yeah. I don't know if I would like that very much. Yeah, it would be bad for us guys, but all right. So um, I think that's gonna wrap things up here. Thank you guys for listening in, and I uh, hope you have a good day. My name is Brian Sherry. I'm Jermaine Sykes. All right. See you guys. This is a production of the Pitt News, the University of Pittsburgh student newspaper. The outro music is Awakening Instrumental by Waterboy from Pixabay. If you're interested in hearing more stories, you can visit our website at pitnews.com or check out our weekly print editions at any of the various marked locations around campus. Thank you for listening and have a great day.